Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to go ahead and subscribe to our Journey YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you all right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. What kind of student ministry director would I be if we didn't do something crazy and silly while the pastor's gone, right? So, hey, could you guys play that little music while I go grab my props? I've got t-shirts, everybody. That's right. That's right. Here's the thing, though. Everybody's a winner here today, okay? It doesn't matter if you answer right or wrong. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to pick somebody to throw a t-shirt to. It doesn't matter if you're the one that answered it right or wrong. It doesn't, I'm just going to throw t-shirts to people. But I want to go through a few questions uh, to get us started this morning and have a little bit of fun because today's topic uh, is not necessarily fun to talk about, but we're going to try and make it fun. Okay, here we go. Uh, d- uh, how many hours of video are uploaded to YouTube every minute? Anybody know? Take a guess. 10,000. You are not correct. But close, it's 500 hours per minute. You. (laughs) Guys, my whole goal is to avoid a lawsuit, okay? So put your hands up when it's coming at you. All right, good. Okay, Uh, yeah, 500, let's go to the next one. Um, How many uh, hours per day on average do 15 to 23-year-olds watch screen media, any kind of screen? Go ahead and give me a guess. Oh, that's really close. You guys are right in there. Somebody, somebody back in here. Okay, right there. Oh, sorry. Oh, good catch. It's actually seven to eight hours on average. By the way, all adults, no matter what age range you're in, five to six hours. Okay, next one. Uh, so those uh, young 15 to 23-year-olds, when they're watching screen media and they watch all that time, seven to eight hours a day, how much of that time is spent watching spiritual stuff? Two hours. You really believe in the next generation. Who said that? Okay. All right, you're wrong, but you get a t-shirt anyway. Oh, yes. Okay, uh, yeah, actually the, the number is 25 minutes. So a quarter of an hour out of seven to eight hours, they spend watching some spiritual, and it's probably the message from last Sunday, right? Uh, so next one, let's go one more. Uh, actually, two more. Uh, true or false, Americans spend more on watches and jewelry than they do on higher education. True, kind of made that one obvious. So nobody's got anything on this side. Oh, gosh. Okay, is that you, Miss Sherla? Miss Sherla? Okay, I'm gonna throw it to him. Ooh, yay! The guy in front of him did duck, and that's good. Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. We spend more, and think about the, some of you have uh, school debt. Just think about that, how much debt you have for school. Golly. Okay, all right, all right, here we go. Uh, what percentage of American population can fit under the roofs of all the storage units in America? 25, 50, 65, or 100% of people? 65, really close. No, it's 100%. We can all stand under the roof of the storage units in America. In fact, we can each have six square feet, which means we can socially distance, guys, if COVID hits, we can all just run to our storage units and stand there together. Awesome. Who wants a t-shirt? Right in here. Yep. Oh, that didn't work. You know what? She gets one instead. Uh, On average, what percentage of their income do Americans give to charity? One, two, five, or 10%? 10%, man, no, it's two. 2%, 2%, that's, yes. All right, so do I have one more? Yeah. 
How many year, per hours a year do Americans spend volunteering? Now, just so you know, only one out of four Americans actually volunteer any of their time to any organizations outside of their work, okay? So how many hours a year do those volunteers spend volunteering? Do you know? Oh, eight. You know what I'm going to throw into? It's actually 52, one hour per week they volunteer. Now, I'm going to throw it to this... Because, by the way, these are all one-size-fits-all, and she's probably the only one that can actually wear this, okay? But I'm going to do this last one in slow motion. Ready? The production guys are going to put me in slow motion. Ready? (laughs) Yay! Big brother jumped in the way. All right. Cool. Let's side those out of the way. That was a fun way to talk about something that's really hard for me to talk about. But listen, here's what I want you to know about where my heart is today. I don't know how much time you spend watching things at home. I don't know how much you spend your money on. I don't know if you have storage units. One, one of the guys backstage was like, I actually own some storage units. That I, you know, rent, that's part of his livelihood. I'm like, I'm not trying to get you to not sell storage units, okay? Here's what I'm getting. I, I just wanted to let you know. I'm not after your time, and I'm not after your stuff. I just want us to think really clearly about something that we often forget. We in America, we just spend our time and our money because we have so much of it. We forget how important it can be. And what it can do to our hearts. Because here's what I know. What we consume will consume us. Listen, God created you in his image. But he also created you to be a consumer. You have to consume food to have energy to do the things you're supposed to do. You have to consume, like you have to put wood and things together, create a shelter and and create places, safe place for you to live. It's away from the elements that can kill you, right? We are consumers by nature. It's, It's okay to be a consumer, What's not okay is for the things for you to consume to start consuming you. And here's what I know about every single thing you watch, every single thing you read, every conversation you have, every relationship you allow into your life, all the different things that you focus on during the week, you know what they do? They form your heart and push your heart in a direction. You know how I know that? Because that's what happens to me. And the things I watch end up in some ways, making me a different kind of person. The things I talk about during the week end up making me a different kind of person. And I I don't know about you, but I have an idea about what kind of person I want to be. And sometimes I'm watching and doing things that aren't going to help me get there. In fact, Jesus would say it this way. He said, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks... What the heart is full of. Ouch. And again, I don't know where you are, but I know where I am. And I don't want to spend my time talking about it. I know what I spend my time thinking about. I know what I spend my time on YouTube looking at. And I know what I spend my time doing with my money. And if I'm not careful, all that stuff begins to lead my heart in a direction and my life in a direction. And I start talking about things that I don't want to actually be in my heart. So I don't know where you land on this. But I know this. We in America, we seem to love stuff a lot. We have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of video and entertainment to watch. Here's what it tells me. We must love that stuff or else something else would be coming out of our mouths and our lives. So here's what I'm pointing at. I want to ask you a question. So what is my plan? You can ask this to yourself. What is my plan for storing up good things in my heart? 
How do I make sure that what comes out of my mouth and out of my life is good stuff? How do I make sure that I'm not consuming stuff that's going to consume me and push me in a direction I don't really want to go? You guys are so, so good. Listen, there are some of you in this room, you are so good at making plans for your financial future. You have investments. You put stuff away every single month. You have a discipline about what you do with your money out of your check. And you have all these different places. And you're, you, are, you have a wonderful plan for making sure that someday you'll be able to like, take care of yourself and, and not have to work so hard. And some of you are so good with your kids and their time, you have mapped out for the next 17 years exactly what opportunities they need to have and which school they need to go to and which school they're going to go to even if they don't want to. And you've got it planned out in such a good way. But listen, have you ever considered having a plan for making sure that your heart has the right things in it? And listen, whether you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he came back from the dead, that, that's not really a concern. Like, I want you to think about that, and I'm going to be talking about Jesus a lot today. But even if you're not a believer here this morning, can you just admit for a second that sometimes you do things that you don't want to end up doing, and the things that you do end up forming you into the kind of person that you don't want to be? We can all have that in common here this morning. So here's what I want to point you to. This plan is really important. You taking some time to do that is really important. Because... The things that you spend your time and your money on are going to move your life in a certain direction. So can I show you what Jesus thought about this issue? Here's what Jesus thought. Jesus knew that connecting, not consuming, would satisfy his heart. Jesus knew that connecting, not consuming, See, if you're anything like me, I know that as soon as I start feeling anxious or stressed or worried, I want to go consume something that's going to distract me from feeling that way so I don't have to feel that way. And so I will get on the endless scroll of my phone and it's always there to tell me something new and distract me away from feeling. And I know that in two hours, I'll be like, wow, I spent two hours looking at Instagram reels. That's probably not healthy and I still feel anxious. It doesn't work to consume, does it? And some of you may consume other types of media, other types of things to make yourself feel better when things aren't going great. Listen, consumption will never move your heart in the direction you want to go. Only connection. So here's, here's what I kind of want to help you think about. Jesus had a practice in his life that helped him keep his heart pointed at the right things. He had a way to make sure that he was remembering the most important things every single day so he didn't get distracted because, again, we're all consumers. We just don't want the stuff to consume to consume us back. So let's make sure we think about what Jesus thought about. And what did he think about? Well, he was a good little Jewish boy. And good little Jewish boys in his time learned the Shema. That's S-H-E-M-A. The Shema was a prayer. And you know what the word Shema means? The, word is, the Hebrew word means listen. And I learned all this. You guys should go. You can, in fact, if you need to pull out your phone right now and write this down so if you don't forget, this is the most important thing I'll actually say because what I'm going to teach is not as good as these guys teach it. There's a thing called Bible Project, bibleproject.com. Tim Mackey and John Collins produce this. They visually create and teach you the Bible. And you should search Shema series Bible Project and go see the six videos I'm about to talk that I'm about to summarize in a matter of a few minutes because those six videos will absolutely change the way you look at what the Shema is and will help you understand why Jesus thought the way he thought about our lives and you should go do that okay but I'm going to show you a verse what the Shema is the Shema is a very short prayer that every Jewish boy and every Jewish girl and all the Jewish people repeated twice a day since the time of Moses they did this Okay, here, here's the prayer, and we don't even need the screen. If, if it comes up, great, but here's the, here's the prayer. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And then the second part goes like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. That was the simple prayer. That, was, that is the Shema. Jews still do it today. Jesus probably said that twice a day because he was a good little Jewish boy and he grew up thinking about this prayer as the peace that reminded him. Again, this isn't a prayer of like asking God for anything. This is a prayer that I say because I want my heart to remember where it comes from and what the greatest thing it should be focused on. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That was what directed the rest of his day. Now listen, I want to go through this verse really quickly. Is it back up? Yeah, good, there it is. You guys take a picture of it real quick? Okay, we're moving. Go to that verse. Let's talk about what love means to Jesus. She probably can't move it. It's, it's working. There. Love. This word love, see, in, in English and American language, we would think about an emotion or a passion. That's not what this word at all means to the Jews. Love for the Jews meant a commitment and an action. Think about this. Think about instead of the word love in terms of emotion, I'm going to give you a new word to pray here. Your allegiance. Jews thought of this as allegiance. I give my allegiance to the Lord my God. My loyalty and the things that cause me to act and move in a certain way, that's what love is. Okay, and then it says, love with all your heart. The heart wasn't just something that pumped blood, although they did believe in, Ju- in Jesus' day, they knew that something in the center of your heart kind of moved things around. They knew if you got stabbed there, you were done. The heart was a physical thing. But it also, the heart for them was where all the thoughts and decisions and choices were made. So it was, it was saying loving God with all your heart means all of your decisions about your future and what you direct your life to be, that's what needs to be aimed at God. And then it says with all your soul. Now, we get this idea from the Greeks that we have this kind of inside being that floats up and from all the cartoons I've seen about Wile E. Coyote, right? You, the spirit floats up out of the body and goes to heaven. The Jews had no idea about what that was. In fact, when they say soul, what they mean is a living, breathing person, the full body and everything about that person. It's like their whole being, everything about them. So you love the God with all your heart and where your life is going. You love him with your whole being, everything about you. And then you love him with all your strength. (laughs) This word strength is not an actual word like we think of strength. The actual word means very or much. In other words, you love God. With all your heart, everything about you, all your soul, your whole body and everything in you. And then you do it very, very much. Isn't that amazing? So when Jesus repeats his prayer, you know what he's doing? He's reminding himself, my life is not what I consume. The love and where I should point my life is that the one thing that's most important, the God who gave me this life. And so I redirect my heart and my life and I do it very muchly toward God you see the difference in the way we think about our lives because we get up in the morning thinking something very different and again I don't know how you spend your time I don't know how you spend your money but I know how I spend my money I know how I spend my time and just to be really vulnerable when I sit down after dinner and I start doing the dishes and not sit down I actually stand I guess but when I get there to the sink I'd much rather just put my earbuds in and watch a movie by myself because it's very few times a day that I get to do that. And I don't invite either one of my teenage daughters to come help me do the dishes or my teenage son. I don't invite them into that moment because you know why? I just rather have that time alone to watch what I want. And by the way, I watch things sometimes that I really don't want them to be able to watch because it has words and scenes in it that they should watch. And yet I think it's okay for me to watch. 
Why do I do that? Because that's directing my heart in a direction I really don't want it to go. I don't want to be the kind of dad that chooses video on Hulu versus my teenage daughters and my teenage son. So listen, I get it. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, like me, I've been reflecting on this. How is it that I can continue to let these things distract me from the most important things because I don't want that to be true of my heart? John Montcomer is an author I really love. He's a pastor out in Seattle, and he writes this in his book, Live No Lies. Many of us spend hours every day filling our minds with lies, cutting off our minds from God's spirit and truth. And only a few minutes each morning, if that, filling our minds with truth and resting in the spirit or presence of our Father. Here's what I know about some of you. You're feeling guilty about how you're using time and money. But you don't really think that you're a son or daughter of God. You don't really believe that what God says about you is true. You believe the lies you've been watching and hearing about on all the TV channels and YouTube channels and TV shows that you watch that tell you you're really not worth a whole lot. Or you've been hearing somebody else in your, in, your, in your mind from your past say that. Listen, I just want you to tell you, if you don't spend time Shema, listening, reminding your heart where it's supposed to go, remind your life where it's supposed to go, reminding your very muchness where it's supposed to go, it will end up somewhere, but it won't be where you want it to be. Because we all believe the lies we're told. And we all look around us and we see things that convince us that we don't have anything to contribute to this world. How can I be for my neighbor? I can't do anything for them. I'm not, I don't really have anything to gotta. No, but you do, but you do. And this is the part of that I, I just can't understand. When you start to realize where your heart should be directed to the most important thing, you start to actually see that God has given you so much. And then the things that you have aren't things that you hold, they're things that you share. I just wish, and I know you wish too, that our world was more like that. That when you think about it, you want your life to be overflowing with joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness to all the people around you. And you know how I know that Jesus said this prayer and it made it all the way into his heart and it actually came out of his mouth? Because in Matthew chapter 22, you go home and read it. Jesus does this miracle out in public in front of everybody. And then all of his enemies try to challenge him in public and try to catch him answering one of their really difficult questions in front of the crowd that just saw him do this miracle and they try to discredit him. Just imagine this for a second. You're at work, you're doing really good work and your boss comes in and he starts asking you questions in order to embarrass you in front of their coworkers. And here's Jesus and the Sadducees, this other group of religious people comes in and they ask him this really hard question and Jesus gives his answer and it's a pretty good one. And the Pharisees are like, hmm, okay, well, the Sadducees tried, we'll try. And they ask him a question, they try to catch him saying something wrong, and he answers their question. And then they ask him one more question, this other one last Pharisee gets him, I'm going to get him with this question. This gonna, hey, Jesus, what's the first and greatest commandment? So which one are you supposed to follow? If you just had one to follow, which one do you follow? And instead of Jesus being like, you know what, you guys need to just back off. I've answered all your questions, and by the way, I just healed this guy, which you can't do. You're going to heal anybody today? I didn't think so. And by the way, you guys are a little bit idiotic asking these questions. I've been trying to teach you guys for the last several years, and you're just not getting it. I'm the son of God. Don't you understand who I am? He didn't do any of that. You know what he said? you should love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and by the way you should love your neighbor as yourself because that's how you're going to accomplish the other drop the mic and you know when Jesus was standing in the garden 
with all his buddies. And his one good buddy, Judas, came in and brought some Roman soldiers with him and got him arrested. And Peter pulled out his sword and he was going to chop and try to save Jesus. I'm going to save Jesus. And he chopped the guy's ear off and Jesus goes, stop, put your sword away. And he picks up the guy's ear and he puts it back on his head. Okay. How do you do that? How do you, in the moment of that stress, do you stop and you care for this guy who's about to arrest you? How do you do that? I'll tell you how. You stop and you do a whole lot of listening before you ever get to that moment. So listen, if you want your life, like I do, to have good things stored up in it, would you please just get a plan? So here's my question. What will you do this week to connect with your heavenly father? Because if you will listen to him, you just might find that your heart gets redirected in a path that you wanted it to go anyway. And wouldn't it be great to live in that peace and in that joy and have that overflowing to the people around you where you start to contribute and create rather than consume because you were connected. Because you were connected to the very source of life and not something else that is a cheap knockoff I know YouTube's great. It's helpful. You know what? And all those things that you bought, there's probably good use for them. Here's what I want you to be aware of this week. Is any of that consuming me? And if it is, just consider for a second, maybe you should switch from consuming to connecting. Let's pray. Father in heaven, this is very difficult. God, we are so many times just distracted by the things in front of us. Would you please help us to just pay attention and listen? And God, as we listen to you, help us to act on the love that we have for you by loving the people around us. And God, as we do that, would you just do your part and change our hearts and shift what's in our hearts to the good things and shift it away from the things we tend to consume that consume us. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church or to find our app or our YouTube channel, just visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.